Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Listeners of the Get the Fuck Off podcast, I have been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. And also, before you hang up, I'm back. (laughs) I was away last week, guys. I'm so happy to be back here. I have been in the middle of tying up a lot of loose ends in my life. I quit the jobs that I hate. I'm so happy for it. Now I am only coaching I am so excited. I have been wanting to quit these jobs since the day I took them. And I'm also getting ready to drive across the United States. Something that I wanted to do basically my entire life. And I've been talking about it since I was in my 20s. I actually did do it with a friend when I was in my late 20s. Um, But that was with a friend and that was for a whole other purpose. I've never done it on my own. And I've always had this idea that I was going to do it when I make the money. And then I realized no matter how much money I have, in my thoughts, it's never going to be enough, even though I definitely have enough. So I don't know why I am spending all of this time not living in alignment. So I decided to leave the jobs that are not serving me. Uh, What I was doing was I was coaching a couple of days a week, and then I was working these jobs a couple of days a week, and I thought, well, when I make more money coaching, I'll quit these jobs. And then I thought, I'll never make more money coaching if I have these jobs, because as it stands right now, these jobs are awful, and they're sucking up my time, resources, and energy, but they're also taking up time. And I need every ounce of that available time to be able to expand the area that I'm restricting by staying in this one area. It's kind of like uh, when I was quitting smoking. Every smoker has this idea that they're going to just slowly wean themselves off the cigarettes until eventually they just walk free of it. And that's just not the case. You have to just stop and stop and be done. And that's it. And that's kind of how it is with this kind of thing. So this is definitely a calculated risk. It would not have been one that I've been that I would have been comfortable with making a year ago but get the fuck off turned a year old on November 16th slash 17th I think I'm it went live the 16th according to my Instagram stories I have to go back and look but uh, I always associate the 17th as the day because that was the day that I wrote my calendar so yeah we're a year old and I wanted to thank you guys for coming back for an entire year for the get the fuck off podcast because when I first sat down to do this it was terrifying If you guys are here and you're having a hard time doing new things, I'm going to tell you that the first time that you sit down to do it, it's going to feel like your body is revolting against you. Like I sit, I record these at home, 
And even though no one is here, I had this sense of failure and embarrassment like I'd never had when I sat down in front of the microphone. It, it didn't even make any sense, but there were biological and psychological reasons for that, which I have overcome with practice. So I appreciate all of you guys being here while I have moved into my, or, you know, just, just let, started living the way that I wanted to be living and, and, you know, I'm really here to serve you guys. And I have a great topic for you today and it is called, actually I didn't title it when I sat down to start <laughs> recording, so I'm just going to start talking about it. It's about living in the past. And a lot of us do this. And right now I'm listening to Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. I did not listen to this book before. In the summertime, I listened to a lot of Ram Das, who talks about being present and being here now. And I actually read Be Here Now by Ram Das, But I never listened to The Power of Now, even though one of my podcasts um, is titled The Power of Now, which is kind of, <laughs> kind of funny. But... Um, Bobby Cirillo, that, that episode, we had actually talked about, uh, Eckhart Tolle in our private conversations. Um, the power of now. In the book, he talks about this concept called psychological time. Now, all of human suffering occurs in psychological time. So what does that mean? It means there is no suffering in the now. I'm going to give you a great example. You're going to say, of course there's suffering in the now. I'm going through this terrible breakup. There's suffering right now. I'm suffering. No, you're not. As it turns out, you are not suffering in the now. You are suffering in either the past or the future. So you're, if you're going through a bad breakup, this is a great example. When I broke up with my boyfriend in, and the, I've, whenever it happened the first time, uh, when he left me at the airport, whenever that was, uh, 2018. When that happened, um, we spent a long time not talking. It was very painful and I was suffering. But I wasn't suffering in the now. In the now, I was actually doing a lot of good things. I was learning to take care of my body. I was exercising. I was, I quit smoking in the time that we weren't talking. I was taking care of myself. I lost a crap ton of weight. I was getting a lot of clarity in my life. Like in the, in the present moment at that time, there was no suffering for me. All of the suffering took place in the past. So either when I thought about shitty things he did, I would feel pain. Because when you think about traumatic things that have happened to you, you relive that trauma and your brain and body don't know the difference. So you actually go through that again. Which is why you feel all of these feelings in your body when you're like going through trauma again and again. So that was one thing. Or the suffering came from thinking about the happy times. Well, now I don't have this anymore. You know, I don't have, I'd be listening to old voicemails. Like I'd be pulling them up listening to his voice and him saying like rhinoceros because that's what he used to call me. And I would listen to his voice and I would get sad and I would suffer. But I wasn't suffering in the now. In the now everything was fine. It was the past that was making me suffer. Conversely, the future, the future point of, well, now we're not going to have this. I can't picture that he's not going to be here for this occasion. I'm going to run this race and he's not going to be there. I'm not going to be able to get these phone calls at this time. Thoughts of how my future would be lacking without him in it. Also suffering. But in the now, there's no suffering. That's another thing that we can we can think about like with our careers. I have a client who's an artist and says to me often, I'm not where I need to be. And then or I'm not where I want to be. Want to be. I'll I'll use the word want to be. And this happens with a lot of jobs or a lot of people that are in business or a lot of people in relationships or anything or a possessions acquiring all this shit that we do as humans. We think 
I, I don't have enough. And you think of a time where you allegedly are going to have more or more is going to be coming. And that causes suffering in your present. So you think of where you want your body to be in a year. And because you're thinking about that future point, your now is not good enough. And that is discouraging to you in the now because you're living in the future that is not real, that will never, we will never reach it. Like the finish line is always a couple feet in front of you. Over the summer, I took a course with Coach Sean Smith and Coach Michelle Moore. And the two of them, I, th- I think that it was Michelle actually that said, the finish line will forever be a couple of feet in front of me. And I, I don't, I have definitely gone through that in my life where I've thought about things because there is no finish line. It's not real. It's not a thing that you're going to ever reach. So all suffering takes place in either the past or the future. And a lot of people tend to live in the past because they want to use the past to motivate them in the future. But if your suffering is in the past, then it is not serving you to live there. And there are ways that we can sort of stop doing that. But it does require that you budge on your analysis of the past. And this is where I lose people because this is the part where people do not want to get their big fat fucking egos out of the way. And when I say big fat fucking egos, I'm talking about my own big fat fucking ego. And you want to get your big fat fucking ego out of the way and renegotiate the past. Because the work... You could say you're doing a ton of work, but you might be doing the wrong work because the work isn't figuring out why you are now the way that you are because of the past. The work is to renegotiate that story that you told about your life so you can show up now as the person that you want to be. Because everybody knows the laws of the universe state you have to become the thing before you are the thing. You have to visualize it as if it is already yours. You must embody the person that you are to become before it manifests. That's real. And I can sit and list off spiritual texts and intellectual texts and all kinds of shit. I love to reference Dr. Joe, um, which is more sciencey. A lot of times people have trouble accepting the spiritual so I'll, I'll gravitate towards the science because a lot of people will be like this is just a load of bs and I'm like well actually we're taking it back to quantum physics and when you get down to that point it's not a load of bs but that's okay um but this is all really this is about you have to become the thing before you are the thing and if you're living in the past and the past is painful you're not going to become the you of the future that you want to be because you're living in the past and the old self that you don't want to be anymore so here's a good example of of how your brain has really sabotaged what you're doing. First of all, your memories of the past are completely inaccurate. I'm going to give you a story about this. I have painful memories of my own past. I have memories from when I was a child. And I felt very unloved during the time that I was a child. Very, very unloved. There was a lot of trauma uh, in my home because I, I had a brother who was always having behaviors, screaming, yelling, kicking, tearing shells off the walls, putting holes in the walls, fighting, screaming. I mean, there was constant chaos in my home life from probably to when my brothers were born until, I don't know, maybe a couple years ago. And that was, that was just a part of my family. And I had a lot of memories from my teenage years about how things were horrible for me. And I have memories of my mother not talking to me for like three years and how horrible that was for me and how I didn't have a support system and how awful everything was 
And it, it was painful. Like I would go back and I would visit those memories and those memories would be painful and I would feel pain. And for a lot of years, I didn't even visit the memories. I was like, okay, these memories are painful. I don't want to visit them. And then after a while, I did visit the memories. But then I thought, oh, this is terrible. Like, look, things are a lot better now. But back then, it was so terrible. And then one day, I was, this is just recently. I mean, like, within the last two years, I was in my mother's kitchen. And we were sitting and we were talking. I mean, I love my mother so much. We have a great relationship And I was in her, she has a drawer where she keeps like pen and a pair of scissors and she keeps like miscellaneous shit. She, when we we were younger, she called it the junk drawer. And um, it's always kind of been in the same place. Like in every place that I've ever lived with my mother, she's had this drawer. And I realized my grandmother has this same drawer. So this is like the inherited drawer. Uh, And in that drawer were these photos and I didn't I, I'm holding them right now and I'm kind of flipping through them and the photos I was like mom what the hell are these photos and she goes these are photos that we took of your room when you were a teenager because we kind of wanted you to clean it up and we were hoping that if we took these photos that you would see the filth that you were living in and I I looked through the photos and they were like horrific photos. Like there was filth everywhere, dirty clothes, dirty underwear strewn on top of shit, like fast food bags, like dirty crap disheveled, like rips in the wall, rips in the paint, just random things taped everywhere just so that I could tape shit, like just drawers hanging open like just it was a complete and uh, like it was a mess like it was just a complete mess I have like no recollection of ever living that way I don't remember living in disorder and I I, but I don't remember I I have no memories of that and we also over the last couple of years I have memories of getting mono and being fine. And my mother has memories of me having mono and being in bed for like a week. And I also realized just recently that, you know, we were talking about some time in the past, around that time, around this time where things were so horrible. And when I was like 15, and I I sort of remember this now, but I had kind of pushed away the memory when I was 15 I went to the homecoming dance and I decided when I went to that dance that I just wasn't going to live at my mother's house anymore I was done living there I was an adult and I was going to move out and that was it now we could talk about why all of that happened I mean maybe sure there were different there were lots of things that happened in my life that maybe had led me to feel that way but my mom when I was 15, was only 37 years old. I mean, I'm 36. I can't imagine having a 15-year-old that behaves in that manner and being completely unsure of what to do. And I realized through a lot of work, the work wasn't remembering my past. The work was becoming empathetic. First of all, realizing that my memories of what happened for probably – 20 years were completely inaccurate I had remembered portions of what happened but there were complete other portions that I had blocked out and then there were also other portions that were told from different perspectives where 
I did not come out as the hero. And maybe I, in my young developing brain, needed to paint myself as the hero so I could get through the times that I needed to get through. But I certainly was not the hero in a lot of ways. I was poorly behaved. I was, there was a lot of shit that I did. With agency, I was responsible. That's not the point. The point is that the other There are other people that exist besides you and they hurt like you hurt and they have their own realities like you have your own realities. And empathy is one of the greatest sage gifts you could give yourself. A lot of people don't want to be empathetic with people that hurt them. But if you can be empathetic with the people in your life that allegedly hurt you, it will help you rewrite the story of what happened. And because the story of what happened that you are telling is not accurate. Even if it's a horrific story, it's not accurate. And if it's like if it's a horrific story where there's abuse, right, you might be saying, I'm not a good person or you might be saying negative things about yourself and maybe you need to retell that story and you might not be saying empowering things about yourself and you might need to retell that story. The stories that we tell are big like they're really 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 huge and they're told from one perspective and as time goes by, the stories kind of get faded and then we insert things that might not have been a part of the whole equation. There might be parts that you don't even remember. Like if you watch The Mind Explained on Netflix, there's this whole episode about this girl's completely skewed memories of 9-11. Like we have memories And memory is not right. But memory is one of the things that actually keeps us stuck because all of our suffering occurs in memory. So when we are hurting because of a past that we have, we're hurting because of the suffering that we're causing from our remembering of that time and consistently revisiting that time. And what we're making that mean about us. I make everything in my life means something empowering. I didn't always. I used to tell the story, people don't take me seriously because I worked in hospitality for a long time. And I told that story. And what I would do was I would show up in the world as a person that wanted to be taken seriously. And I would present myself as a person who wanted to be taken seriously. But in my mind, in my subconscious, the story was people don't take me seriously because I worked in hospitality. So I would do things like I would try to compensate by, well, I have a degree from an Ivy League school. Like, well, yes, of course I do. But nobody cares about that. And when you throw that out there immediately, it makes you look like an insecure fuck. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like who I am and my value in the world doesn't, isn't dependent on my education. But I used to do that and I would go to write cover letters about myself to jobs and they would always have this undertone of, I'm not good enough, but you should pick me anyway because I overcame all of this adversity. 
And I remember writing um, academic statements of purpose to PhD programs when I thought I wanted to get a PhD. And that's a whole other story for a whole other day. And I remember I was writing these academic statements of purpose and all I, I was painting this picture like that I came from disadvantaged circumstances, even though I have white privilege and I really didn't come from that disadvantaged of circumstances. Um, but at the time I didn't realize it because I thought, well, I don't have any relatives that have ever done anything of prominence, so of course I'm disadvantaged and I don't have any money and all this shit. All stories, all fake, all, all untrue. Uh, but I wrote these academic statements of purpose and as I think back, I did not come off as a confident person that was displaying everything that I'm about and all the great shit about me. I came off as an insecure person trying to defend the crap of the past, which I realized had I not told that story, no one would have known it. Like people see exactly what you show them. When I first met my mentor, Andy, I will say this, I'll tell this story a thousand times. I was like, oh, he, I want him to know me because I have overcome all this shit in my life. And we get on a call together and all he saw was insecurity and he saw somebody that didn't have their shit together. And I was like, well, why the hell didn't he see the person that has their shit together? I've done all this stuff. And it was because I showed him the story of I'm a big fuck up. People don't take me seriously because that was what the story that I believed. Now, I can't undo the fact that I worked in hospitality for so long, but I can make that story mean something else. And I had to see the gifts in all of that. And I'm going to tell you, there isn't a human on this earth that I have not met from my years doing that work. And the ability that I have to establish rapport with people and the ability I have to understand people and their circumstances and to understand the world and to understand, you know, the flow of how humans kind of move through life. You don't get that unless you've worked with the public for as long as I did. And that you're right there with the public. And it doesn't matter what job you have, but if you're right there with the public, then you're going to see that stuff. And there are ways that I learned to de-escalate situations and there was a there are ways that I learned to have people be be comfortable with me and all kinds of things that I learned from working in hospitality that I didn't used to carry that story I used to carry the people don't take me seriously and then there's a step further with that people don't take me seriously because people don't take hospitality workers seriously well that might be true they might not they might not take them seriously. I know a lot of people that do not take hospitality workers seriously. They can go fuck themselves. But here's the thing. I also bought into that narrative. So I also bought into the fact that hospitality workers, oh, we can't take this profession seriously. So I had to change that too and the stories that I was telling about that. Because honestly, a huge percentage of America and the American economy is fueled by service. We learned that in COVID. We were desperate to open indoor spaces, even though there was a virus that we didn't have a vaccine for that was killing people. And we're like, let's open the Applebee's. And we did that because people need to work. And there's we don't have shit in this country for people to do anymore. Like they used to work in factories and they don't anymore. Like we have to have a blue collar sector in this country and we don't educate our students well enough for them to really compete with the East. So what do we got? We got fucking hospitality. 
And people don't take it seriously. But it's a big part of our economy and that's why people aren't going back to their jobs there because they feel abused because we pay them subminimum wage. But that doesn't mean that those jobs are not noble jobs. Because I can't think of, now granted, bartending, poisoning people, I'm tired of it. If I'm over it, I don't want to do it again. That's why I left my bartending jobs. But feeding people, providing people joy, being the backdrop to people's experiences of joy and love and laughter and light, that is a noble profession. It might be, not be the profession for me right at this time in my life, but that is a noble profession. So I not only had to change the people don't take me seriously story, but I had to change the story that I was telling about the work that I did for so long. And in reality, the events of the past remain exactly the same. It's just the story that I told about the past that has changed. So those are a couple of things. What stories are you telling about the past? Also, are your memories of the past accurate? Likely they are not. Are you willing to part with the fact that what you remember is shit? This is a purposeful pause. Are you willing to part with your ego-dominated idea that your memories of the past are 100% true to life? Because they're not. They're fucking, they're fucking wrong. I had, to, I had this happen recently. I was triggered by a woman. Um, I was like, oh God, like get, get it together. Like fucking grow a set. Come on, get your shit. Stop acting like a fucking weak person, right? Like this is what I was thinking. This is not a, this is not a client. This is somebody that I don't even wish to know. Um, and I had to think, okay, like what does that mean about me? What does that mean about me? Why do I think that I am not strong? Because obviously everything that you see out, this is, this is work that I do with my clients and you can disagree with this statement and that's fine. But if you disagree with it, you're probably not doing yourself a great service. I thought, what, what's weak about me or not resolved in me that's making me feel this way? And I, I did the, you know, I did the digging and it comes back to my dad, you know, my dad just would disappoint us and he would cancel vacations the day before he would you know he pulled me out of his wedding the day before he promised me a Christmas gifts and then the day before wouldn't have them I mean it was it was always shit like that and that had me create this facade of independence like I'm not going to depend on people any in my adult life and that's fine that's that's very good awareness that's awareness. But the work is in the empathy. Where can I empathize with my father so that I can rewrite this story so it doesn't continue to cause me pain? I mean, my father came from a home life that made mine look like fucking Disneyland. Like my father was working since he was nine years old. My father was like lifting bodies like when there was a fucking flood. He, tell, he told this story about like, the graves coming out of the cemetery by uh, River Street in downtown Wilkesbury. I don't know how much of this is true. My dad was like big fish. But my dad did have a lot of trauma in his life. His mother didn't work and his father was mentally ill and there was all kinds of shit happening. His brother became an alcoholic. I mean, his sister got cancer and died young. I mean, there was trauma in that family. So forever bad it was for me that I didn't, you know, get my Christmas present. And I ended up always getting them. My mom always came through when we were kids. 
My father, and to live as that unhealed being for as long as he did, I mean, I have tremendous em- empathy for that because that's pain. You know, like I have a, there's a lot of pain there. And I, I feel, like genuinely, I feel for my father. And in that, that can help me rewrite that story a little bit. Now, I'm talking about living in the past. I don't churn up this shit very often. Like, if you're, if you're a motherfucker that's bringing up the past every single day, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. I'm giving all these examples of bringing up the past, but on my daily, I'm not thinking about the past. When I was telling the people don't take me seriously story because I worked in hospitality, I was thinking about that every day. Like, every day I was thinking about that. I was in the past every single day. I wasn't showing up as the thought leader or the podcaster or the writer or the coach or the whatever the fuck I am. Now I wasn't showing up as that person. I was showing up as the person that told the story, people don't take me seriously. Because that's how I felt about myself. I didn't take myself seriously. And I used the past as a tool, my memory as a tool, and the stories that I told about the things in my memory as a tool to confirm the story that I was telling that people do not take me seriously. Fuck, that was my life. Get the fuck off. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck off this memory train. I was told by my mentor that my memory is not serving me because it it doesn't it doesn't your memory isn't right and it's not what it's trying to do is it's trying to predict your future based on what it knows so if you tell a story that you've always in the past lost all your money it's going to look for the possibility in the future for you to lose all your money and it's going to do things like hang on to all your money you're going to tightly grip your money well everybody knows that you don't make more money unless you let money flow but you tell a story that you always lose all your money so you hang on to your money and then what happens your money doesn't flow your money doesn't grow you re you you basically reinforce your own story same with love. I always lose love. So what do you do? You you take it like a bird and you just like wrap your arms around, your hands around it, and then fucking bird's eyes pop out. And then it's dead. And then you lost love again. That's what happens. Like, because you're telling the story of the past. This always happens. So it's gonna happen again this time. So then you, working, like, like work, thinking about your past, decide that you're going to take actions to stop what always happens from happening which just repeats the action diet culture great example I always gain weight for the holidays so this year I'm going to restrict eating for like five days well your body doesn't like that so it's going to start hanging on to all the calories that it can and then you get to the holidays and you're so fucking hungry you can't stand it so you go on a big binge you have just repeated your cycle because I always do this so this is what always happens let go let go let go of your fucking stories let go Just because it's always been that way does not mean it's going to be this way this time. Today is a new day. Tell a new story. 
if you can't tell a news story, then you need to see someone like me and I will help you tell a news story because I don't have to do this work, bitch. I'm not, this is not shit that I have not had to do. Because a person, and you could think that you don't have to do the work, but a, the person that shows up, people can tell who's showing up. So if it's an insecure person who is very upset about their past, still, I will see that in you. You can only hide it for so long, and then I will see it. Everyone will see it eventually. They're going to see it. Because you can only act for so long. The you will come out. The person who is afraid to try new things, terrified of the possibility of things going to hell, we will see that. The person who doesn't like themselves very much, that always has something bad to say about someone else, I know a lot of people like this, we will see that. When I hated myself, everybody knew it, and there was no way that I could hide it because people see exactly what you show them and you are going to show people exactly what you are that's real now I I just want to kind of wrap this up with a little bit of a paradox I know my listeners hate paradoxes because my clients hate them too but this is just life you know I follow this business coach named Simone Soul she's so smart Uh, I can't even, uh, like, her writing is just brilliant. And she wrote a line on her Instagram a couple of days ago. And it said, the capacity to hold paradoxes is the sign of the grown-up mind. And I couldn't have agreed more. Like, like you see this, I, I talk about this with food. Like, yes, you should eat whatever you want. But also, you shouldn't eat cake every day. Whoa, that's a paradox. What the fuck do you mean? I can eat whatever I want, but I can't eat cake every day. Bitch, calm down. Yes, it's a paradox. You should intuitively eat and give your body what it asks for. You should not eat cake every day. But I can understand. Like, you have to be able to hold a paradox because we're paradoxical beings. Our physical being and our spiritual being are two separate things and we're existing simultaneously as both. Our existence is paradoxical. The past, living in the past and visiting the past are different. So if referencing your past to see why you behave a certain way that isn't serving you is necessary, then it is. We'll do that. We'll work through it. That's a good bit of my work. But today, you should live here in the present and not live in the past. With my running, to be able to look towards the future that I haven't qualified for Boston yet, that would cause me to be upset with where I am now in my running and I wouldn't improve. If I was constantly looking in the past to when I wasn't doing all that great, I used to compare myself to like, well, you know, I'm kind of, you know, not running that fast of a marathon, but at least I'm not, you know, the person that's struggling to run a 5K. Like that wasn't serving me either. I am where I am. Every now and again, I turn around and go, huh, I used to be there. That's cool. And then I turn right back around and I continue to live in the present. Today is the only day. This is the only day. This is the only time. You don't live in the past. I had years. I was drunk for, oh God, a decade and a half. And I, I don't live there. That was a time. That was a past life of mine. 
I have a lot of past lives. I don't live in any of them. I'm only here today. I am who I am. Who I show up as today is the person that makes tomorrow, which never arrives. We just continue to be in the right now. Heavy stuff. Heavy stuff, but this is the only moment. If you stay present, grounded right now, you will not suffer. You only suffer when you revisit other times. And then your suffering is caused by you making that disempowering, whether it be about who you were or whether it be about who you are. You get the choice. You get the choice to have made yourself somebody that is empowering then, now, or the opposite. It's on you. It's on you. So listen, I quit my jobs that were out of alignment. I think that it's great that people tend bar. It's not for me. I am not somebody that is going to enable you to run from your problems. I used to enable people to do that. I've decided that that's not for me. Pays well, don't care. Done with it. Quit them. So I now have three more days a week that are available on my calendar. So I am taking new clients. I am taking new clients. I am taking meetings. I am available. I am doing that. If you are somebody that's been following me a while and you want to know what it's like to work with me, you can go on my website, getthefuckoff.com. You can book a free call. It's 30 minutes. We'll talk about it. I'll get to know you. I'm really approachable. I'm really awesome. Not going to yell at you. Not going to think you're weird. There is nothing that you can tell me that I haven't heard before. I promise. I tended bar a third of my life. There is nothing. You think, like, what does Ram Dass say? You think you got a corner on the stuff? <laughs> you don't. I am absolutely happy to hear and listen and help you work through some of that shit so that you can become the best version of yourself that you want to be. The way you look is just going to be a bonus. I mean, if this is about a physical thing, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll tackle that too. But yeah, we can have a conversation. So definitely reach out to me. Get on my email list uh, or you can write me an email, andy at getthefuckoff.com. And uh, you can do that on my website as well. Get on my email list because I send out weekly content to all my subscribers about stuff that I, you know, I, I aim for it to be useful. Sometimes it's a bag of hot air, but it's there. And I hope you guys have a great, great week and Thanksgiving. I hope that you all have a lot to eat and have great time with your family. If you're with your family, if you're not with family, I hope you have a lot of peace and quiet and uh, I just hope that everything's great for you guys I'm going to be back next week with another episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast until then you guys take care and be safe I'll see you next time